Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with G. Today, we have a very special guest, my good friend Chuck. He is a product manager, but he is in reality a sports expert, and right. here to give us some smoking hot takes. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Smoking hot, much more than just a product manager, maybe the smartest friend you have in terms of sports go, and I'm here to educate you. Um, hopefully it goes well and that everyone enjoys this, but yeah, um, career spanning investment management, product management and tech, love the Niners, love the Warriors, which, you know, Gober and I confute about Warriors versus Kings, uh, definitely don't like the Kings, love all golf, um, Giants, you know, baseball boring, but I guess they like the Giants yeah. and St. Mary's basketball, UCLA sports, pretty much anything. So yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, and we basically debate sports all day long via text or chatting or in person. So we thought, why not bring it to the YouTube and podcast world and just let our takes shine in the world? So we are both diehard 49ers fans. So we're going to start with Chuck's reactions to the 49ers Eagles. I already gave you mine in detail the last episode. If you haven't, check it out. But Chuck, yeah, I just wanted to start off. What was your main takeaways from the 49ers Eagles? So... Let's just, I'm going to stick away. I think you cover the Niners enough. Let's just stick to the Eagles side. I mean, one word, fraudulent, just absolutely fraudulent in all areas. Um, maybe the worst 10 and one team ever. Um, and I know that sounds a bit harsh, but if you look at kind of, obviously the way they played, like, do you have eyes going? Because clearly, I don't know if we can swear on this podcast, but uh got the shit kicked out of them is what i'd say there um but no i think before the game uh they had a what plus 60 plus 61 point differential which is maybe top five worst of all time for a winning record team over eight wins and then i mean i'm no mathematician but if you lose by 20 plus that's gonna get even worse so yeah just it was an embarrassment um which i was expecting i took the niners minus three um don't always win but definitely won that one and felt comfortable how much money you make on that dude i can't you know can't yeah. tell you that all right chuck's a chuck's a he has a big wallet so he he goes he, big. i got my buddy jared jared shout out uh hall of fame cornerback hall of fame, our, friend, our friend jared is in the high school hall of fame he's my de facto bookie um, he knows all my bet winnings and, and losings, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, I think we all know the stats, right? Eagles were six, you know, had won six one score games. It's that cute stat about we're, you know, we're down at halftime four times in a row. Like, how did that go for you, Nick, against the Niners? That go well for you, Nick? Yeah. Like absolutely Eagles fans whining about like the number of games they played in, in the in a certain number of days. It's like oh my god. Like, Give me a break. I, I outlined their weaknesses very clearly in previous episodes. Their linebackers and secondary is trash. Debo was very clear, and he kept repeating how trash Bradbury was. And the Niners backed up the trash talk. The defensive line for the Eagles started out, starting out. I thought they were crushing the O-line, but the O-line stepped up for the Niners. The oh, yeah. Brock is just, he's a machine. So he's like, even if the even if the pass rush is there, he's getting it out quick enough, and like the linebackers are sorry. They're just sorry for the Eagles. So it's funny, like even with Lane Johnson getting a false start every play, um, 
I mean, I it's still not called. I don't get it's it. It's not called. So, yeah, I guess whatever. We're homers. I get it. You have a Niners background. I like the Niners. But literally jumps off half a second early. And, like, no shit if you, you can block Bosa if you're early every single play. To uh, me, disappointing was – I thought Hurts didn't look good. I thought he was holding the ball way too long. He was taking some sack – like, some of the sacks – for like 10 seconds it felt like and he just wasn't getting the ball he wasn't running much which was kind of it was weird he, he just doesn't look the same as last year to me he doesn't look like the superstar that was there last year who i took very high in our fantasy draft i mean he does get those one yard put uh uh brotherly shove touchdowns which helps but he doesn't I mean, look the same back to my word fraudulent just have a play where you push your quarterback's ass as hard as you can into the end zone that's your play no, but back to your uh, Jalen Hurts thing. So is it just me or literally it looks like sometimes he stands and waits to get sacked. So obviously the Niners are holding like holding the edge and then purposely not running downfield. But some of those plays are terrible. He runs back 12 yards and just stands there and kind of like crouches down and just waits to get sacked. I, I've never seen anything like that. Um, I think the Niners did a good job running QB spy with Warner as well. So couple times he tried to run he got his head taken off concussion protocol um just the beat down in every way even with uh, even with big dom getting our linebacker what, what it, <laughs> big dom what's your take on big dom i thought first of all why is why was drake greenlaw ejected first of all the, the penalty was kind of like iffy in the first place Devonte smith was in the field of play it wasn't like some egregious penalty fine the penalty but like big dom coming in and and the referees afterwards were saying it was called right because you can't call a penalty on the eagles for a non like coaching or player so like <laughs> penalty on Greenlaw, he's kicked out big dom can get kicked out my my question is what's stopping every team from hiring goons to just yeah. like this every game <laughs> instigate why don't we instigate uh um any player like Chris Jones, if we played the if we played the Chiefs in the in the Super Bowl, just get Chris Jones kicked out. Just get some get Hall of Famer Jared to just be on the sidelines. Yeah. Just... Dude, get get our buddy Hall of Famer Jared. Have him, you know, he's not as big as Big Dom, but he's Big J. I don't know. I mean, number one, it wasn't a penalty. Literally, he starts tackling him a yard inbounds. He slams him down. Philadelphia's going to cry whatever. Devontae Smith is tiny. He uh, like he's slamming him down. I just thought, back to my word of the day, fraudulent. You, okay, let's see Big Dom fight Greenlaw. Let's see how that goes. Hey, let's let's see how a well-oiled machine interfaces with, I don't know, a 572-pound guy that can barely walk off the field. Like, And the well-oiled machine who literally gets... He does get penalties every game for so, <laughs> big hit. Yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit of a temper, so we'll see. But yeah, but, that was so my your takeaway is just that the Eagles are fraudulent. You think they're going to lose to the Cowboys? I, I do. I think the Cowboys are um, in a good spot this week, betting wise. Um, I don't have any blazing five picks like Colin Coward or anything, but Cousin I Sal, yeah. Any cousin Sal kind of takes. Cousin Sal, my guy, um, he had a funny take on Big Dom. He's like, you could only be a porn star, essentially. If you're oh, yeah, they were, Bill and him were saying it's definitely. Big Dom! Yeah. I guess, yeah, I think, I guess, like, refining my take a little from just their fraudulent, it's, I think we knew what the Niners were. We were just ourselves. And, like, we, I think the game really just exposed the Eagles are, yeah, they're just not what everyone thinks they are. Yeah. Uh, I think they probably lose 
big in this Cowboys game. So I'm probably going to bet the Cowboys heavy. All right. Maybe we'll have you on as a regular uh, betting uh, kind of. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jared takes my bet. Sometimes he's asleep by the time it comes in. He just doesn't bet. He just doesn't get it in. Sometimes he does. He just had a kid. So whatever. All right. So fraudulent okay let, let's let's move on from that game let's just talk about the Niners in general um so one thing I like to do is I wanted to ask you who your top five most important 49ers players are on the current team so maybe not the top five best but the top five most important players for their success you give me yours first and then I'll give you mine all right I think number one to me is I would say not debatable I'm going with big Trent number one um I think objectively speaking it's one of the few things we've done a little bit of an A-B test, as we call it in product management and tech. We've seen we've seen us play with him. We've seen us play without him. Guess what? We lose without him. We win with him. Check you us know, at Coursera course on product management. You can check yeah, do, you have a, do your Coursera course on A-B testing. Um, that's what the data says, right? So obviously, like we all know the stats, top three in PFF every year. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely destroys people in the run game, block game. But how about you? Wait, you gave one. I thought we were going like back and forth. Oh, yeah. Okay. So number one, Trent Williams. Number two is CMC. Yep. Um, you can make an argument. He's one. I mean, he's unreal, like MVP candidate. He's not going to win because the quarterback always wins MVP, obviously. Um, but I'd go, yeah, Trent, CMC. I'd actually put our boy big BCB, big cock Brock, right? At three. Um I'm sure we can have, have 10 minutes on him, so I won't talk too much about him, but the Brock hatred's hilarious to me. People obviously don't watch the games. We have... Uh, Steve you know, Ruiz from The Ringer who's seen... Steve Ruiz uh, no, basically... No clue about anything. He's he's down deep in this, and he's just digging a deeper deeper hole. He He's a complete moron. I hope that of the 47 listens you get to this, he listens. He <laughs> basically uh, promised to stop covering the NFL if we win the Super Bowl with Brock. So everybody's dream. So he's a little worried about that right now. Um, I feel like he's almost like hoping Brock seizes things and like becomes worse. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's not, we can get into Brock later. Like I don't think he's a top five quarterback to be honest with you, but he's not number 25, which is where it hasn't ranked. Um, Yeah. So four, I'd go Debo, same kind of thing. I mentioned with Trent is like very clear when he's off the field. We're limited. Like Ayuk, obviously, is an amazing receiver without another thousand yard season. But when it was just him with not much distraction, he wasn't as effective. And then uh, number five, I have Ayuk, but you have a number of players here, right? Yeah. So uh, you went all off. All offense because okay. my hot, my hottest take later, okay. I can't fix them. What about you? So I actually was almost going to go all offense too, but in in not in order, but. I could do it in order. So I think Trent is number one. I agree with you. Um, I saw a stat. He hasn't led a sack since like week 15 of last year, which I believe when he's in their offensive line's great. When he's not in it's kind of a disaster, as you saw with their three game losing streak with him out. I mean, he changes the offense. And like, if you just watch him play the Niners win, when they just l- run left, They're, just it's run not left. like a complicated. They yeah. started last against the Eagles with some idiotic gameplay. And then they just decided to run left and they did great because him oh, and wow. Banks. Banks, by the way, underrated in, in the league, but he is good too. And he was also out. I think people forget Banks was also hurt. So like we get Williams back. Williams is just, the main knock on Williams is every year he misses a few games without without question. We just got to hope, in the playoffs, remember he was not full, his full self. 
Um, we got to make sure he's healthy. So I got Trent. Number two, I got Brock. I think Brock is an MVP candidate. I think his perception of the game is unparalleled right now in the league. I think he, everybody is like Josh Allen in this offense would be amazing. And he probably would, but Brock just sees the field perfectly. He hits the right read at the right time, basically every single play. And it's being held against him that he's throwing to the wide open receiver. But like we watched, we can get into more. We watched Jimmy G overthrow these guys wide open all the time. Like, I mean, I can't take it anymore. I couldn't take it. So like, I think Brock is a massively important because we've seen what the 49ers look like without the quarterback. It's not the same. Um, I have Debo next. I think Debo yardage wise, it may not look like incredible, but when he's in the offense is just different. Like you made that Ayuk. Ayuk's great, but like Debo is just teams fear Debo more than Ayuk, in my opinion, because Debo brings that physical, just I'm going to run you over. I'm you can hand me the ball, you can screen me the ball. He never catches the ball more than like 20 yards down the field. I don't think I've ever seen a go route with Debo, but he turns those 15 yard just catches into 45 yard bowling. He's like a bowling ball going over defenders. Um, he changes the offense. He does that little circle back motion thing. I'm not sure why it works because they never like pass it to him off of that, but maybe they'll pass it to him one day when the defense sleeps on it. But Debo's there. And then, so I think Fred Warner is absolutely critical to the yeah. team. I think I've wa- been watching teams without a Fred Warner like linebacker. That middle of the field is just wide open. That's why the Niners. They, that's their bread and butter is throwing the middle of the field because like the like teams like the Eagles just have nobody there. Whereas Fred Warner, like let's say the Niners offense was playing against a team with the Warner, makes it so much harder to complete those passes down the middle that Brock is so good at. So I think Fred Warner, captain of the defense, he's going to be a pro bowler again, best linebacker in the league. And then it's a little bit controversial. What, number five? Between CMC and Bosa. CMC. Is oh my God, dude. Don't even okay. Do we want to talk about Bosa Wait, right now? Let I, me let I, me just talk. I'm not I saying can't even go ahead. Go ahead. The Niners defense runs completely on their pass rush, basically. You got Fred Warner taking the middle of the field, but their pass rush is absolutely critical. Bosa, I don't care what the pressure numbers say. I don't think he's been that good this year. I think he's been much better since Chase Young's added. But he is if the Niners are gonna win the Super Bowl, Bosa has to become what he was last year. So I think he is. That he is in the top five most important players on the Niners because if he's not like he's been much better the last few weeks, if he goes back to like weeks one through five where he was honestly, he looked small, overmatched, he looked kind of like looked kind of pedestrian. And and plus, he's going up against the right tackle a lot of the time, he's not even going up against the left tackle, and he wasn't getting double teamed that much. Um, he was getting pressure numbers, but you and I both watched the games like pressure doesn't mean anything, you're not doing it. He's consistently rated in PFF at like. Oh yeah, yeah, and he grades out as an A with many pressures. He's had horrible games. Yeah, he had a good season. But important, I I have to say Bosa. I have to say Bosa because I've seen Kyle with other running backs do amazing things. Obviously, not to CMC's level. I think CMC's pivotal. I was debating between Warner, Bosa, and CMC. I had to give a couple defense on here, but CMC would be six. But um, they got a lot of good players. CMC is six. Uh, that, that might be a dumb. Oh. I feel like Steve Ruiz right now. But uh, CM, hold on, hold on. Why is CMC six? That is unreal. Like I, I went through. Uh, that's just that's just. I've I've seen Debo in uh, what was it? Twenty twenty one. Literally, the offense was just Debo Samuel. Hand him off. He remember that? Yeah. He literally took the Niners to the NFC Championship. Jimmy G 
was did nothing. He just like gave the ball to Debo. I think we we got to move on. But we're moving on. Okay, I got it. That's fine. Go but, ahead. That might be a hot. That might be a hot take um, right there. But I mean, not even in the top five. But keep going. But they got a lot of good players. What do you want me to say? I got before I move on. Debo to me, you're you're gonna love this as a Draymond hater. Is the Draymond Green of the Niners? He's talking shit. He's waving. He's way scoring. Than Draymond Green, he's a tough guy. He just doesn't he's care. Draymond Green. You think he's better to the Niners? So I think Draymond he's a better Green. actual player than Draymond Green. We can, we'll we'll get into Draymond. You made this Draymond multiple defensive player of the year. Four Go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Draymond. I got I got some other 49ers things we want to talk about. So um, I want to ask you what your favorite 49ers memory is. Uh, I'm going to just give you mine. Mine is going to the NFC Championship game with you, 49ers and our boy Jared, Jared. Uh, and uh, what and Ken. And Ken, yeah, right? Ken, Ken from uh, some some Jared's friend from I don't know some East Coast state, but um, we went to the NFC Championship game, 49ers Packers. Raheem Mostert just ended the game basically immediately. It was is he, is he still running? He's still getting yards right now. What, what year is it? Twenty four. Yeah. I mean, that was just the most unbelievable. The, the Levi Stadium, Levi's gets a lot of hate. I think it's a fun place to watch the game if you're in the right section. You got to be in the right section. Shady. Sunnyside horrible. Basically, it's half a field. It's yeah, half a field. field. Yeah. But we that was just such an amazing time just seeing Aaron Rodgers just like defeated before he even took the field. It was just that was an amazing memory for me. We had a lot of fun. That's my favorite 49ers memory. Uh I did go to the Super Bowl and I've just been trying to erase that memory from my head. Dude, that's a tough one. Um yeah, can I go same memory or is that I know it's a boring take, but uh yeah, we got we we got to hit up Joel's tailgate before the infamous Joel Famia. He just Margarita goes, Joel, we call him. Margarita Joel basically. We'll get him on. We got some characters we can we'll get, get him on. on. We'll get him on. So our friend Joel basically we'll be has drinking like margaritas while eight you- roll eight rows of season tickets. His family goes. We never get invited unless it's like a rain out or like he can't go or whatever it is. Joel. And so he finally, like, we got to, like, you know, he blessed us with his presence. He allowed us to join his tailgate. We had a great time. Um, yeah. The only negative thing I remember about that game was that the person, the Packers fan next to us smelled horrible. If you remember. That. I remember. Oh, my God. That no was. No laundry. And we, uh, we switched off, like, half sitting next to us. seats. And they were just so nice. Just, just so nice. But. It's so smart. Yeah. I. It is, it is tough, though, because these memories don't involve winning a Super Bowl, which is like, it's getting outrageous. Just being a, you know, the Giants can win and the Warriors can win, not not the Niners, though. Maybe this year. I think if it's going to happen, it has to be this year. I think this is their year. They got to stay healthy. Health is always the key with Kyle. I mean, got to be healthy. Um, I, I love that. Hopefully, we'll get to go back to a playoff game this year once they get the number one seed. Um, uh, and then... I want to ask you, what is your most fiery yes. 49ers take? Mine is... You go first. Mine's not even a take, by the way. Mine's just correct, because I'm always correct. And people try to argue with me, but... Well, yeah. this is coming from Chuck, who is a notorious Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan hater for years. So I don't know. If His he... record was mediocre. He's All 49 right. and whatever. Just go. My hottest 49ers take, I guess, was earlier when I put CMC at six. But my, my hottest take... I don't know if it's that hot of a take, but um, I think Brandon Ayuk is actually a much better wide receiver than Debo. But Debo 
is way more important to the 49ers. I kind of already explained why, but I think Debo, the Niners without Ayuk would be fine because Kyle can scheme up guys. I mean, Ayuk gets people wide open um, because he his route running is just unparalleled, but like there's something about Debo that just changes the game. When Debo's on, the game is different. The defenders are scared of him. He runs over people. He sets that tone for the 49ers. He's their enforcer kind of on offense and not through dirty plays, just by being stronger, faster, and more, having more desire. He and Trent walk out with the boom box. Yeah, they, Draymond. They, Draymond and Trent. They 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 missed the the they missed Debo tremendously when he was out. I mean, you can see the offense just pick right back up. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it, but that's that's kind of my hot take. It's not that hot of a take. So your so your take is that say it one more time that Ayuk is a better receiver, but Debo is a far more important player. Yeah. Do you think that Ayuk is a number bona fide number one receiver? I think Ayuk. I I don't have it off the top of my head. I was looking at some stats like he creates the most like open yardage like of anybody, and like and he his he for the number of targets he has, the yards is obscene. Um, so if he was on an offense that actually like emphasized the number one receiver, I think he'd be 1500 yards. I think he just gets so wide open. If he was on an offense, like getting 10 targets a game, like Tyree kill or something like that. Um, I think he would dominate, but Kyle, Kyle is just not going to play like that. It's just not going to happen. I mean, he's getting, I was getting 20 million a year at least. Um, yeah. Niners are under the cap. It's an easy conversation. Another year over a thousand yards. His hands are incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess I got one other hot take. The Niners. You, I, I would call that take like a like a microwave, like low take. Mm. Like a it's it's lukewarm. Like go ahead, go ahead. Oh, this is also I guess not really that. You have awesome. a sizzling. Like are we going to sizzler or are we just? Um, my hot take. I get. One of my takes was earlier. I thought Bosa was horrible at the start of the year. Um, but I guess the other hot take, it's not really a hot take either, but I think the Niners should never draft uh, in the third round ever again. Ever, yeah. Except for Fred Warner, they it's just trash. Second and third rounds have been Debo, Fred Warner, <laughs> trash. Uh, they are great in the later rounds. They should just trade for... They should never draft a running back. Did you see they released Ty Davis Price, another third round pick? Just, I did see that. just trade yeah. third round picks for running backs. What do you think of the mood swinger pick? Moody? Oh, God. Yeah, we call him the mood swinger. Don't get me started on Jake. Zero. I know he's made a lot of... Moonshot moon Moody, bro. Moonshot Moody. Perform under pressure. That's my main fear for the future. Like, we have we had Robbie Gold. We were just, like, assumed, like, game-winning drives, whatever it's in. But uh, we'll have to see. All right. Let's get, let's get yours. All right. Mine's not even... I mean, again, like, you're going to think it's a hot take, but I'm, I'm actually just right. So... <laughs> By far, honestly, I don't even think it's that debatable. MVP of the defense this year, mm -hmm. Charvarius Mooney Ward. All right. Tell me That's why. I'll take he has been the most impactful defensive player for the Niners, not even close, never gets talked about. This is a guy that gets, gets hated on. Uh, he signed that big contract, three for 40, I believe it was. Yep. People gave him shit all last year. Um, if you look at this year, I think he leads the league in pass breakups with 19. Okay. Um, actually, I don't think I know that's that's the case. Opponents sort of QBR pass rating against him, against him is under 80. Um, you can watch it. So look at him cover DK Metcalf, um, AJ Brown. These breakups aren't even just in the middle of the field. On the first two drives of the Eagles game, I I mean, I think he was saved a touchdown essentially on his own. 
Um, additionally, so like, let's take that 19 in terms of uh, past breakups, right? If we extend that out through the rest of the season, that would be around 25, 26, which is top five of all time for a corner. This guy never gets talked about. It's all about Bosa and how he doesn't eat carbs and he gets one, two sacks every four games. Yeah, it's a good game somehow. But this guy's out there on an island. He's lost to Funga. They're just leaving him with the best receivers and he's playing well. So to me- Let me ask you one thing about Ward. So My guy? Yeah. My Ward. He's good against those bigger receivers. I He struggles against the shifty guys. So like a Tyreek Hill type. I mean, everybody struggles. He but like, struggles against Tyreek Hill. I mean- Come no, on. But you know you know what I'm saying though. Like he's he's really good against kind of those big big bodied receivers because he's a big guy. Like he bodies them up. But I I he gets a lot of penalties um, against the guys who are quick. A lot of holding penalties. I'll also say I've seen at least three penalties this year when Shanahan comes up to me. He's like, "That's good fucking coverage," and it's just an NFL tic tac yeah. bullshit. But oh, dude, you're covering Tyreek Hill. Like if he puts a double move on you, you're gonna hold him. Also, like. <laughs> And you got to hold him, otherwise you're going to give up a touchdown. But I agree. I think last year he actually was a problem. I'm speaking just this year. Um, yeah, I'd say he. you could make a case he's the he's the MVP of the Niners defense. It's him or Warner. I don't think Bosa's in the mix. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my sizzling take. All right. I like it. I, I think I think that's that's enough 49ers talk for today. We'll we'll be back. Chuck will be back. Regular. Guest. I'll be back. Um, talking 49ers as we go through the season but um, as as is typical on on, on this show um, after our main topic we go through like five five like hit points that kind of are interesting for us um, we're gonna start me and Chuck have a rivalry here but Warriors Kings I'm a Kings fan born and raised in Sacramento he's a Warriors fan from the Bay Area give me your take on the Warriors Kings so my take on the Warriors Kings is I think it's a little bit sad in terms of what it's turning into. Let me let me explain what I mean by that. So I grew up, right, I'm obviously a Warriors fan, but always had love for the Kings. Like when they're playing the Lakers back in the day, Robert Ory's hitting the top of the key three, like, like fuck the Lakers, dude. Like honorary, I won't even say honorary Kings fan, but also a Kings fan. Like I'm going to root for them if the Warriors are out. I feel now it's turned into this like hatred thing, like much like, the Niners Raiders, like where the fans just like hate each other. Um, I think this is a past couple of years thing. I had a friend go to the game, uh, you know, a couple of days ago when you beat us on last second, you know, Malik Monk buzzer beater and like got treated horribly, got yelled at how to leave the stadium. Um, I've had, I've heard the other way around, you know, Kings fans obviously hate Draymond, um, but gotten to basically fights at, uh at chase center so i think it's sad that it's turning into that when we kind of should be celebrating it um in terms of the warriors like the rivalry itself um i do think it's a little bit funny like kings fans go and you can respond to this it's like we're at the same level it's like it's cute i mean it, it's cute you think that and you took us to seven games but four titles even this year two of three the game you won you came back from 24 and hit a bank shot you know it, it's 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 cute like i'm like i'm saying i call it go get say it again malik monk magic yeah malik monk magic so not really a rivalry um i think draymond really pisses kings fans off so but yeah i think it's it's fun i think it should be more fun than this hate filled thing i will say the kings are on the rise next five years like i think the warriors are pretty much done in their run i think 
you know, what are you expecting? You run a motion offense. Your guys are 35 years old. Yeah. Uh, they he literally can't run in circles the whole time. They need someone else to step up or make a trade, or we're just going to coast into mediocrity. So anyway, that's my take. Go ahead, Gilman. I think the Kings just hate Draymond. Kings fans just hate Draymond. Um, Draymond is just an instigator. And I, I think he's unhinged this year. This year especially, like, seems like he's, like, going going off the wagon. Oh, he's protecting uh, his teammate with the chokehold for 25 seconds. Rudy Gobert, who was, yeah. He's... We don't need to get into that too much. But, like, I mean, the Warriors own the Kings. The Kings finally won a game, uh, like, after coming back from 20, whatever you said. But, like, the Kings should have won the series last year. They just, the Warriors just have that experience. They hit the big shots um the kings have so like let's go lineup line fox and curry curry's better but fox is awesome rising but then clay, clay is trash Clay's clay yeah. is and uh kevin herter like some days he's good some days i don't know why he's on the floor then we the got red Ke- rocket the rocket okay and we got keegan murray versus uh andrew wiggins oh god keegan's, keegan's, keegan's second year he's not shooting as well this year but he's pretty dope uh his defense has become really good but then we got Harrison Barnes. Barnes is so bad. I was at that game, Kings Warriors. He had that wide open shot for the three. We would have won the series most likely if he made that, but he missed it because everybody knew he was going to miss it. I think the Warriors ecstatic. So happy, so happy when he shot that. That happened in 2015 Finals. He missed 100 corner threes. So and then some bonus, like Excuse me, 2000, I think it was 16. Actually, keep going. The more I watch Halliburton, the more I'm like, Sabonis, that we should have gotten so much more for Halliburton than just Sabonis. I like Sabonis. He's a good offensive player, but defensive limitations Dude, just kill him. Sabonis is soft like Charmin. That guy is. just stomped the life out of him. And Sabonis is not. Him. One thing Sabonis is not, is he, he's not soft. He's a one tough are the, One are the Oscars with that face he made, and oh my God, dude. Just See, that, I also think there's a little bit of Big Brother, Little Brother. Like the Bay Area is considered the Big Brother to Sacramento. Like, although honestly, you get nice houses in Sacramento, nice land, nice schools. Um, I think I think it's just like one of those things where Kings fans. Unfortunately, we're jealous of the Warriors right now. The Warriors have been on a run, um, but it, it's we'll see how it goes. I think Fox is becoming an MVP caliber candidate. But all right, uh, next thing I want to talk about: NBA play-in tournament. Give me your take. Um, I like it. I didn't think I'd like it. Um, you know, I think it adds some uh, ump to the games, like watching KD and LeBron last night. I would watch that game anyway, but there seemed to be a little bit extra in there. KD's limping around. He's sprained his ankle. He's hitting shots. I don't think he's Lakers enough. with a little help from the refs, too. The refs. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think KD doesn't stay in that game. It's a normal regular season game. So just another added element. And I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think the regular season for the NBA was becoming like less and less people were watching. I think it was just like people were just sitting out. There's no like intensity now. Like people want people want to go to Vegas. Kings were devastated that they didn't win that game. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I can't wait for the games uh, for the Vegas games tomorrow and then the finals. I just don't real quick. I know we only have five minutes left of the. <laughs> the free zoom or whatever but real quick like what is an in-season tournament title mean like i just hope people aren't like well we won the in-season five hundred thousand dollars per player no one cares though like come on i mean i mean five hundred thousand dollars i'll take it no of course yeah of of course but my i just don't want it to be like equitable or like nobody's gonna say it's the same as the finals but i think that i think the players are competitive about it because it's like they've been looking for something like this um 
to to break to up the ante because I think people are just bored of the NBA regular season too long. Should be yeah. like games. I think there. I think Bill Simmons has like some like where he calculated the optimal number of games or something like that. But I think sixty something games is max. Like it's too much. 81, 81 games is just too much. Um, next thing, NFL MVP race. Here's what here's what I'm gonna say, and I want to get your take. Since 2006, Ladanian Tomlinson won MVP. 2012, Adrian Peterson won the MVP. Since 2006, every other year, it's gone to a quarterback. So these are the stats for you. Brock Purdy, 3,185 yards, 70.2% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Jalen Hurts, 2,995 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 430 yards rushing. And then Dak, 32-34 yards, 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. And then we got Tyreek Hill, 1,481 yards, 12 touchdowns. Then you also got Christian McCaffrey, over 1,000 yards rushing, obviously in your top five of the most important 49ers. Who you got for the MVP? I mean, I I think you got to give it to Purdy. I think let's look at all the major statistical categories. I don't need to repeat them, but it's yards per attempt, completion percentage, quarterback rating. Um, Okay, let's say there's a tiebreaker, him and Dak. Literally, we kicked the shit out of them when we played them. Um, and so there's that. I, think, I thought it was all of his supporting cast. I thought pretty. Is, yeah, right. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, it's only his supporting cast, but with the same supporting cast, you know, other quarterbacks like Jimmy G's, like yeah, Beathard, just CJ Beathard. Everyone's horrible. Um, so that that argument doesn't make sense. I also love the argument. It's like, well, he, he when he's behind, he. He doesn't play that well. It's like the sample size is like five passes from when he's been behind. So this is the dumbest thing when Stephen A or Colin Coward, it's like his completion set. It's like, dude, N of five for your sample size. Like you cannot make any determination based on he also, that. Also uh, wears his hat backwards. So according to Coward. That's a Coward thing. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. He's not ever going to get the love, but I mean, dominates in every category. Team's the best team um yeah i think it should go to purdy i mean i think the mvp shouldn't be like this but it is a qb award it's now. a quarterback it's a quarterback and i think brock purdy is he he may not be the like the most overall number one quarterback in the in the league but he is playing the best in my opinion his team is awesome and he has the stats to back it up it's not like he does he's not like performing excellently so um and people always hold the yards after catch against him but there was some stat where he has very similar percentage of his yards after catch as everybody else so yeah so his yards after catch are actually less than half his total yards i read that side you're talking about it's like 48 percent of his uh yards or yards after catch even after the eagles game which was i think yeah 200 200 yak yards um so same as Mahomes, same as the other major quarterbacks and what gets me about Purdy is he throws an interception and all of a sudden he's horrible. It's like, do people watch Josh Allen play? Do people I mean, watch Patrick Mahomes? They Josh just... Allen literally lost the Eagles game. Josh Allen Dude. lost the Eagles game because of a ridiculous interception. So bad. So Purdy's going to throw interceptions. He's like, he's a normal quarterback, but for whatever reason, uh, yeah. People just hate on him because he's the last, he's the last pick in the draft. I, I always make this argument. If he was a if he was picked where Trey Lance was, there would be no question he's the MVP. But because he was the last pick in the draft, the everybody's trying to find reasons to justify why he was the last pick in the draft. People aren't pivoting to the current take. They're sticking with their old evaluations that he's just like he's the last pick in the draft. There must have been a reason he was the last pick in the draft, so he can't deserve the MVP.
All right. For topic number four, let's talk a little UCLA sports. Both Chuck and I went to UCLA for business school. Uh, went to a lot of UCLA basketball games, but Chuck is notoriously low on knowledge on the football programs. I wanted to get his take. I mean, I wouldn't call it low on knowledge. I am knowledgeable without trying is what I would say. Go ahead. So I want your take on Chip Kelly. Uh, audience knows my take on Chip. I think he sucks. I think he's a yeah. <laughs> coach. I think I hated him on the Niners. I hate him on the Bruins. Everybody's leaving the program. He lost his defensive coordinator to USC. I mean, zero effort, literally zero effort into game planning, recruiting. Um, he cares more about like hydration status than actually calling good plays or recruiting high school athletes who are good and worthy of a UCLA scholarship. Um, he doesn't have a scholarship kicker. Their kicking game is atro- I, I think he's just terrible. You know, sounds like you like him. Sounds like you love him. Uh, nobody should be supporting UCLA football while Chip Kelly is the coach. Okay. <laughs> so it's pretty clear where you're at yeah. um so completely disagree um i think we need to understand that i mean and i went there so i can say it's like nobody cares about ucla football just so you know govin um stadium being let's start with that way in traffic yeah so let's start with that we are not a top five program that can hire any coach so if you look at chip kelly's let's say pedigree as a coach overall you know, I think he's what 80 and 40 or something the last time I looked overall, but at UCLA, he's got a 500 record. Um, but yeah, when I look at the past, I don't know his exact record the past couple of seasons, but they're winning records. So he took over. We sucked for two years. Last three years we've had, and he's well above 500. We've beaten USC. I don't know, two or three times. So he's beating USC. He's got a you know, well over 500 record. I'm looking right here. There's seven and five last year, nine and four the year before. Um, he's got a quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robson. Okay. But what are you expecting? Like, we aren't going to get just a top 10 coach. So, we're going to the SEC, ACC. Um, you know, I mean, so I think it's about on par for what UCLA can do, is my point. Um, and is that yeah, something UCLA should settle for. No. <laughs> UCLA, I mean, I agree with that. If you want the argument to be, let's make it a football school, but the reality is right now we're a basketball school, right? We need a campus so, stadium. Like we try, we went to football games. It was it would take a whole day to go to, to go to a game. Like the basketball is king at UCLA. It always will be. But I I just think settling for mediocrity with Chip Kelly is just I don't know. I think but it's not mediocrity. It's eight and four, nine and four, seven and five. Like- Killed mediocrity is defined as like being middle of the pack, and he's middle of the pack. I mean, okay, but let's let's move on. Uh, All right, go ahead. We'll we'll keep more takes. But um, the last topic for today, Chuck and I are both big golfers. Uh, He's uh, he's really grown his game. His handicap is coming down every month. Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Say it. Thirteen and a half. When he most of his drives go fifty yards right, but we'll talk about that. Recovery shots. Recovery shots. He's got a good chipping game. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite golf course you've ever played on? Dude, it has to be the Cliffs Mountain course uh, in Palm Springs that we played. Yeah. Um, I took a seven on the par three when there's an island green in the middle of a cliff when you're you're obviously teeing off down a hill. But other than that, I think I broke 90, 89 that was on a good mountain course. <laughs> um, you know. And that was when I was in the 14th. So the drive straightened out a little, nice and easy swing. But no, it was unbelievable. We got there at, I don't know, six in the morning and froze to death. But as it de-thawed, 
um yeah the sun and then kind of the red rocks and just everything i'd love to play there again how about you um pacific dunes and abandoned dunes i think that's one of the best courses in the world we're gonna do abandoned dunes trip in a couple years uh they've added some courses since i've last played but that's a must for any golf fan um you got to go to abandoned dunes you got to stay there you got to just live the life of golf for a few days i'm kind of we had great weather when we went sometimes videos of people like 50 mile an hour winds that wouldn't be so fun but it's part of the experience so pacific dunes for me what are Um, you at handicap eight something like that i unfortunately injured right now so not not golfing but generally generally i'm an eight um so pretty good I'm coming, I, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. If I could chip and putt, uh, but that's what everybody says. I think <laughs> if they could chip and yeah. putt. Um, and then what I like to do, Chuck, is close out the show with a little recommendation. So restaurant, TV show, podcast, some recommendation from you. I want a San Francisco restaurant recommendation. What's your oh favorite? Oh my God. Hold on. I don't know. Damn, dude. Put me on the spot. San Francisco restaurant. We got to give our listeners places to Does go. Does it have to be like, okay. Um, I'm going to go with such an easy one that everyone's been to. I can't do it. I was going to say Joe's of Westlake in North Beach, which I really like. Um, but everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, I'll go with that. It's solid. Sometimes I go to Joe's, original Joe's in uh, Westlakes, and I guess original Joe's in San Francisco is in North Beach. But love that environment. Eat at the bar. Get a drink if you drink. I don't drink, but yeah. if you did, get sloshed. Yeah. All right. Um, Original Joe's, great answer. It's a San Francisco classic, something for everything. Um, That wraps up today's show. Chuck is going to be a regular recurring guest um, on this show. Uh, He's going to continue providing his hot takes. Pound Uh, pound the Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys over the age. That's his takeaway. First, his takeaways from the show, Eagles are fraudulent and pound the Cowboys in the betting network. (laughs) Um, With that, we're going to sign off for today. We'll be back. Um, on Monday with our reactions to uh, 49ers Seahawks. Thanks, Kelvin. Had a good time, man. All right, thanks.